1: Hey everybody, thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on y'all, let's go! Welcome to Trails and Testimonies. My name is Kim Fitz. You can follow me on Instagram or you can follow Trails and Testimonies on Facebook. So prior to COVID-19, I had the beautiful privilege of meeting a man named Robert, a.k.a. Buster. It was a chilly, windy hike at Clinton Nature Preserve in West Georgia. And come to find out, Buster actually has history with Clinton Nature Preserve. So grab your hiking stick or your coffee or both, and let's go hike.
0: Yeah, I used to come out here with uh, my son Daniel and he had troubles at school and didn't quite know how to uh, navigate his way through certain situations at school. And I would just come out here and walk with him and talk with him, and it made a huge difference in in his school life. His grades began to get better, and every time they'd begin to fade away a little bit, we'd come back out and we'd walk again for a while. He really needed that assurance that, uh, Dad, you have my back. And I enjoyed spending the time with him. A friend of mine um, used to come to this place. They always referred to it as the rock. When he had troubled friends, he would bring them down to the rock. He said uh, there were many, many men had given their lives, their souls to Jesus here at this rock.
1: So I've always thought of this place as special. And I couldn't explain the energy and why it just felt so peaceful. But now I can attest that that is most certainly the reason why <laughs> yeah. and a huge part of your story is your son
0: yes in my teenage years and into my early 20s i was uh begun to travel the wrong path looking for acceptance looking back i could see clearly that's what i was doing was looking for acceptance i would not have admitted it had you even asked me that at the time i uh traveled the wrong road again for a long period of time and There was a time I had moved off and moved up to uh, North Carolina, and um, I partied a lot. My mother knew the lifestyle that I was leading. I called home one day, asked her, I said, Mom, what are you doing? And she said, Do you really want to know? And the way she said that, I fully expected her to say that she was sitting on the toilet. (laughs) That is not what she said. She said, Son, I just finished praying for you. That was tough. Next time I was doing drugs, I remembered and it came to mind, my mother's praying for me. And it became difficult to do what I was doing after that. I didn't really understand why. Why was it so hard? I knew it was against the law, but I didn't really care about that part. It was later in life, looking back, that I could honestly say the reason it was hard was because then it had a burden to it. It didn't have a burden before that. So I began to try to figure out this whole God thing. Who is God? Where is God? What exactly does God do? And in my search for God, I did begin to walk away from the things that I was doing and uh, started focusing on you know, what is a God person expected to be. I didn't know what that was. I got out on the peninsula one night when it was really, really, really cold, looking up at the beautiful stars in heaven, and I said, God, are you real? If you are, I want to know it. And I guess that was what I consider my very first step. Had I admitted to anyone at that point in time that I'm a born-again Christian, no. Still didn't understand what that meant. Many years later, I did make that commitment to God that I would serve Him. Oh,
1: I bet your mama was proud.
0: Oh, she was. (laughs) She was.
1: So how did you meet your amazing wife, Lori?
0: I met my wife at the back of a concrete truck, (laughs) and she hated me. (laughs) She'll tell you she didn't hate me. She just had a strong dislike for me. (laughs) One of these days, we're going to renew our wedding vows, we're going to go back up to the Carolina mountains, and I'm going to rent that concrete truck, and we're going to have our wedding vows redone at the back of a concrete truck. (laughs) Her dad's driveway was several hundred yards long up the side of a mountain, and it took us over two years in leftover concrete to pour that driveway and that was back in the 70s and 80s when i drove that mixer at some point in time uh, a couple of years later after the driveway was done i asked her out and she agreed to go out with me which kind of shocked me because she right later revealed to me how much she disliked me during that time.
1: <laughs> well she's having to carry these these groceries so much further to the house mm-hmm. now how long have you been married
0: 33 years
1: and then how long until you were blessed with a baby boy?
0: Three and a half years later after we were married, we had our son Daniel. I was challenged by my wife when we started going to church to attend Sunday school. Well, I didn't really want any part of Sunday school. The reason for that was is because I felt like those who are in Sunday school totally had their act together. They knew it all, and I knew that I didn't. So my wife finally challenged me with this. She said, if you will go four Sundays in a row, I will never ask you to go again. And I thought, wow, that's an easy out. (laughs) Four Sundays and I'm done. So uh, the third Sunday, things began to change. Things were said in the Sunday school class. And uh, I found myself opening my mouth to the uh, Sunday school teacher and saying, that makes no sense to me. And when I did, others in the class chimed in and said the same things, said, J.D., that makes no sense. And then, and only then was I aware that these people don't quite have it together like I thought they did. I made my first real Christian friend that day. It helped me tremendously because all of my friends were still on the other, wrong side of the fence. I didn't have Christian friends. It's very important when you know someone is making that transition to let them know that they are loved. Otherwise, they will have a tendency to gravitate back to the lifestyle they once had because they don't have that support. The fifth Sunday rolls around, and she said, you realize your fourth Sunday was up last week. And I said, I know, with a little bit of an attitude. <laughs> Let's go. And we went. What had happened was I had made my first Christian friend, and it felt good. And uh, I knew I could learn something from these people. hmm I realized that they didn't have their act together like I thought they did and that they were just like me. They were learning.
1: And sometimes it's easy to assume when you go into church or anywhere and you go, well, they have it together. Mm -hmm. They look perfect. They act perfect. They say the right thing. Mm -hmm. So they got to have it together. But each one of us, while we're made in his image, we are still human and we still make mistakes all the time.
0: There was a deacon, a guy named uh, Daryl one time shared something with me and I thought a lot of him and he said uh he was always afraid that they were going to call on him to come up front and pray which they did from time to time he said I was always afraid I'd get up there and start saying something like God is great God is good let us (laughs) by his hands we are fed thank you Lord for daily bread (laughs) so but you know things like that don't seem like that big a deal but they were huge to me because it told me that like wow (laughs) <laughs> we have the same struggles <laughs> Right, right <laughs> I like to attribute my mother's prayer To um, what one of my sons, Daniel Wrote about his hero And this is moving many years down the road After Daniel was born He lived to be 16 years of age On June the 10th, 2007 We were at a motocross event And uh, his number was 64 had to uh, do what they call the sight laps. They released all the riders to do the sight laps.
1: What's a sight lap?
0: That's where before the race starts all the riders are given a chance to go and ride the track so they know better how to prepare themselves for each jump, each curve. It was during the sight laps that another rider jumped the same jump our son did. He crossed his line. He landed on our son. And two days later, after living on life support, he went on and seen Jesus. It's been a tough road, but God has shown up. If it wasn't for our Christian friends that God had placed in our path, I don't know that our marriage would have survived it. Eight out of ten marriages, I've been told, don't survive the death of a child, and ours almost did not. We came home, began to make funeral arrangements. My daughter looked on his MySpace account, and she found what our son wrote about his hero his hero was jesus christ the way he wrote it and what he said is simply this it says heroes how about a man who was stoned crowned with thorns beaten beyond recognition forced to carry his own fate down a street was hung on a wooden cross buried in a tomb sealed with a stone and rose from the dead to proclaim to the world that he was jesus christ Say what you want, I still believe. Amen. That's what Daniel wrote, the way he wrote it, 16 years of age. You don't hear too many 16-year-olds that write stuff like that and put it on a MySpace thing for everybody to read. But he was bold about it. Two years after our son passed, we went through a pretty tough time. We had given our testimony about our son's hero. And we made the statement, we were still choosing to trust God. And it is a choice. You have to get up every day and make that choice. God, I will serve you this day. That was on a Sunday, and literally the next day, Monday, I had some a voice, if you will, I heard, and it simply said this, If your God truly loved you, he would have gave your son one second to move. I didn't know how to deal with that one. I doubted God at everything I did after that. I put my wife and my younger son, Matthew, through a terrible time because I didn't know how to deal with it. and I didn't tell her what was whispered to me. It was too hard, and I didn't want her dealing with what I knew I was dealing with. She loved me through all that. After eight or nine months of going through that terrible time, Dr. Barry Keaton helped me navigate through it to find my way back where I needed to be and I'll say this, through that I did learn that there are different levels of love and my love for my wife is much stronger now than it's ever been I hated it that I put her through such a terrible time and my son but I just didn't quite know how to deal with life at that time
1: I know she's proud that you hiked through it that you kept going
0: And I thank God for a woman that will challenge her husband, a friend, or whoever, four Sundays in a row. All of that is instrumental, every piece of it. And looking back, you can see God in every step of it. All you got to do is look. Some mothers never quit praying for your children. They need it. And sometimes it takes years for it to show up, like it did me, because I was still trying to figure out the whole God thing. Be patient with them. And the way you choose to live your life will show them who God is. My wife taught me how to be a daddy. I learned more from her about being a daddy because she chose to love me when she shouldn't have, (laughs) in my opinion, looking back. My mother did not realize that prayer changed my life until probably 15 years later. She knew there was a difference, but she didn't know what kicked it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was her prayer that kicked it off. I already knew that God felt like God was encouraging me to write a song mainly connecting my mother's prayer to okay. my son's hero so that it would help others. I felt like it really needed to be. And my wife and I were sitting in a restaurant and uh Travis Tritt and his wife, we were the only patrons in there. I remember eating our meal and talking to God this whole time. God is is He put here for this reason. I stood up after the meal was finished, turned in Travis Tritt's direction to walk, made one step, and God said no. And I heard it. There I am, standing in a restaurant, looking at Travis and his wife. What do I do now, God? I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing up facing them, and what do I do? And I finally just turned and sat back down. Like, God, you put him here for a reason, but why? I mean, why, why are you telling me no? How will I know? I will show you when the time comes. And he did. A man by the name of Charlie Miller. I went to look at a project for him. I do grading work. And Charlie Miller is a Christian songwriter. And in the course of talking with Charlie about his project, and I turned and looked at him and I said, I think God wants you to write this song. And he said, you know I write songs. i like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we began to talk about it. And uh, several weeks later, he came up to my house. We sat and talked for more than a couple of hours. He heard my testimony start to finish. Then he began to sit and write the song. And uh, I do think it's a beautiful song that connects my mother's prayer with my son's uh, Savior. The whole thing is I really want people to understand uh, we all have struggles in life. And what we need is we need good, honest direction to help others find their way to a living Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: And your mother's prayer began and guided through all that.
0: Mm. And what's her name? Marian McCullough.
1: Marian McCullough. So thank you, Marian McCullough.
0: Very thankful to have a praying mother.
1: And at the end of every episode, of every show, ask everybody to reach in the bag and grab a quote. It's happy trails to you. So at the end, we always leave on a happy note.
0: (laughs) This one says... There is no one who is insignificant in the purpose of God.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your testimony.
0: Thank you. I just hope and pray that it will help someone what we're here for.